things get a little bit grim. But this is especially heinous. Did you tell the police that she was murdered, May? Nope. Witchy ghost stuff. Ah! Don't make me scared. A spooky girl amateur hour. blabber. I'm ready for you to do a freaking blabber. We're good. Okay. Well, now I feel under pressure. Now I can't blab. I mean, now your mic, your mic's oh. up. <laughs> <laughs> it does not, in fact, look like that you're ready for a blab. <laughs> if you're not physically ready, you're not mentally ready. Exactly. <laughs> for a blab. Oh, I feel under pressure. Is this our first episode? All over again? Feels no, because like... we're not drunk. Oh my gosh. Have you ever like accidentally gone back and listened to the first episode? Uh, no. I, I have not accidentally done that. It was a little cringe. Ooh, we're so glad you made it past it if Ooh. you're here. Oh you know, my. I think everybody has like a little bit of a rough start. You know, you're still trying to figure your shit out. I don't think the first episode of any podcast is ex- stellar. Extraordinary, it's not. And we definitely fit into that category. That's okay. That's all right. We had some audio issues happening. We got it figured out. Oh, yeah. That was... uh, It's like episode four or five. What? The first true crime episode, we had to stitch together because I did not record my story. Yep. (laughs) So... I remember that. (laughs) You sat through an entire story that never got aired. That's okay. You said you need to recycle that. It was a good one. I did. Oh, you did? Oh. Yeah, I already did it again. Look at me keeping up. So many, so many memes. Keep it. <laughs> Thanks for the memes. Thanks for the memes. <laughs> Reminds me of that Fallout Boy song that's like, remember when people used to text like without vowels and like oh, yes. would put threes instead of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 2008. What a time to be alive. The emo days. God. It thank- was like how many. Oh, yeah. I saw them in concert. They were really good. Were they? Yeah. We were actually going to leave because we were there for Paramore. Oh. And they did a joint concert together and Paramore performed first. And we were like, okay. I mean, I like Fallout Boy, but we were in Indy and we had to drive home that night. So we were like, well, mm-hmm. we might as well go. And then they started playing and we were transfixed. <gasps> really? It was so good. They were so good. I would not have anticipated that from Fallout Boy. Right? I mean, but they they put on a damn good show. I love that. Yeah, I remember paying like $20 from Mike's Hard Lemonade. Down, Imagine. Down there at Woo! the stadium and wanted to enjoy it so much more than I did. <laughs> well, it's a Mike's Hard. How much can you really enjoy it? Right. Well, I wanted, they were selling the mixed drinks too, but those were like $20 for a ah. very sh- very small amount. And I was like, mm, I don't want something that somebody else can control how much alcohol I get. Yeah. Like, I want to control that. Yeah. So I, a I, bottle or a can. Thank you. <laughs> so Remixed. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm not even that much of a fan of Mike's Hard, but I'm even less of a fan of, like, Bud Light. So, and the options were slim. I can throw a few Bud Lights back. I will drink a Bud Light at my corporate retreat because mm. it is a... For lack of a better term, it is a shit show. And <laughs> the there's an open bar. Ooh, that's and, dangerous. Yeah. And I can't really hold my liquor. 
anymore. You know, yeah. I couldn't really, I couldn't really hang very much anyway. But as evidence of, we are currently drinking a really fantastic, <laughs> high quality uh, Columbia Valley Red Blend right now, and we had to cut it with Diet Sprite. <laughs> Why do we like this? Because we're old. I know. We're 30. Frig. That's why we're like this. Something oh. happens to you. But I uh, got a Bud Light because I was like, it's something that I can hold and I can sip because I'm not going to drink it fast. Mm-hmm. And nobody's going to be like, let me get you a drink because I already have one. You have one in your hand. And so it's very controllable. I'm, you know, you can how nurse I feel it. about yes. having control over things. So <laughs> it's uh, my favorite thing. Anyway. Happy for you. Well, welcome. Happy. Well, our- what? 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 <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I had a brain aneurysm. <laughs> we, Taylor, we glitched. It was a glitch in the matrix. Let's try that again. Happy. What? what? <laughs> Taylor, get it together, dear God. Anyway. Hi, welcome to A Little Bit Grim. You found us. We are the podcast that tells you a lot of grim things about uh, disasters, which is today. Yeah, that's Taylor over there. That's Jenny on that side of the table. Heidi Ho Neighbor. <gasps> what up, witch you know? whoop, whoop. Any cool stuff going on for you? Uh, I leave for vacation tomorrow. Woo woo. You leave for vacation tomorrow. Yes. We're going on separate vacations to, to the, the same, same state. Because we have issues. <laughs> it was not purposefully It was planned. not. It just so happened to, li- that's, you know, it's how the cards fall. Yes. So I'm very excited. I cannot wait to get away for a little while and be in the happiest place on earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm very excited for you. 12, 24 hours from now, I'll be walking around Disney Springs. Oh, that'll be nice. Oh, what, time, what time is it right it's now? It's nearly 6 p.m. Okay. I have a little, I have like 36 hours and then I will be happily in Miami-Dade County. Whoop, whoop. Cannot wait. I can't wait for you guys to get so drunk on like one bottle of wine because that's <laughs> listen, what's gonna happen listen i mm. couple margaritas in and y'all are gonna be sending me text messages i can't wait we're gonna facetime oh my gosh i just can't wait uh, i've talked forget- to Brittany like 47 times today and every time we're like one step closer we're one hour closer don't forget to have Brittany share her little locational with me <laughs> I don't I don't know how to do that, but I will gently remind her. She she brought it up the last time we talked. Okay. <laughs> she was like, you know, that's kind of a good idea. And I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I it know. show is. I, I sent Taylor the address to our B&B, Airbnb. Yeah. So you can, you know, come rescue us. You're only like an hour and a half north. Yeah, not that far. Mm-mm. All right. Who's going first today? Is it you? Well, no. It's you. Is it? It is. Okay. Taylor's turn. Uh, today, I am going to be doing a volcano eruption. Ooh. I don't think I've done this before. No, I don't think we have had a volcano okay, eruption. Okay, our very first one. This I'm is excited. exciting. Okay, so uh, our story takes place on the island in the Caribbean called Martinique, which was settled by the French in 1635. It's beautiful. Yes. Soon after the French arrived, they built a city called Saint-Pierre. Mm. St. Pierre was a busy hub for the island's economy, and it was dubbed the Paris of the Caribbean. And over the next few centuries, it grew and grew, and nearly 30,000 people called St. Pierre home. Whoa. Yeah, that's a lot of people. That's a whole lot. By the 1900s, the island had a very well-known theater, hotels, and many businesses. Art was very important to the island. Fashion, reading, opera were all aspects of life. 
The island itself was adorned with a beautiful Mount Pele, which stood nearly 14,000 meters above sea level. Ooh. Mount Pele was a dormant volcano that hadn't been active in decades. By 1882, Mount Pele started showing signs of waking. Ooh. Clouds of sulfuric acid had started to emanate from its peak, and people were beginning to be affected by the sulfur smell all over the island. Oh, that's a good indication that volcanoes trying to wake back up. Listen, I'm going to give you a big spoiler alert here. No one listens to this volcano. Really? (laughs) This whole story, this volcano is like, friggin' move! (laughs) And everyone's like, no thanks, we like it here. It's really pretty. Yeah. (laughs) It smells like eggs, but I love. Everything's going to be fine. (laughs) Is everything fine? No. Sure is not. In fact, it was not fine. Uh, okay. Do, do, do. By 1902, gas emissions were an everyday occurrence, and everyone on the island was so used to it that it barely caused a blip bloop on their radar. Oh, amazing. Now, we just need to take a short little detour from Disasterland, and I'm going to give you all the tea from the island. Okay. Because the islanders have some shit going on. Do they? Yes. Okay, for why? So, Louis Auguste Cyprus had just escaped from jail and was in hiding in the early days of May 1902. Okay. And our entire story is going to take place in May of 1902. Okay. Reports differ on what he was actually in jail for, and um, but he was known for like, throughout the city. Everyone knew who this guy was. Some say that he was dangerous and was jailed for murder. Others say that he was just a troublemaker and more of a drinker than anything and was always being put in jail for public intoxication. In fact, reports are so unreliable that even his name is contested. It could also be Ludgar Silbaris. Oh. And it flip-flops, depending on what you read, who actually this person was. Unusual. Yeah. Okay. The city was in the midst of a political campaign as well. Uh, the island was currently under the conservative leadership of the governor, uh, Louis Motet. Motet? We're going to go with Motet. Louis Motet. I love it. That's what ring. it is. Uh, and socialists were poised to take control of the right wing from the right wing politics. The current election was for the French Chamber of Deputies, and the race was between Amandi Knight and Ferdinand Clark. Mm. Knight was the first black man to hold the post of senator representing Martinique in France. He was a plantation owner, supporter of workers' rights and education, and a member of the Radical Party. Amazing. Yes. Wait, the Radical Party? Their Radical Party was this, like, his idea of, like, socialism. Oh, okay. Uh, Clerk was a white man and a member of the Progressive Party and had been selected because he was very liberal for the time, supporting many of the same things as Knight, but he was still on the conservative side. He gives me big Joe Joe Biden vibes. Okay, middle of the road. Yes. Got it. St. Pierre was the main center of conservatives' votes, and even though the leaders knew that Mount Pele was dangerous, they put off evacuation until after the election. That sounds like some America shit if I ever heard it. Absolutely. (laughs) So the election was supposed to be held on May 11th. Okay. In addition to the conservative team not wanting to evacuate, there was an editor of the newspaper who was in, f- in favor of Clerk and wrote in the newspaper that Mount Pele was no threat to the city and that they should stay where they are. That sounds like a bogus lie. Yeah. Now, there was a lot of evidence that shows that in 1902, no one really understood how volcanoes worked. So, volcanology. <laughs> <laughs> Do you say volcanology? Volcanology. Like the, a- like the Spock boys? The, the, the Vulcans? Vulcans? Yes. I love it. Okay. That's the only nerd reference I will ever make in my life. I kept thinking about it, and I was going to make, like, a reference to it, and then I was like, oh, I'm just going to land flat. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Uh, 
So volcanology was in its infancy and most educated, the most educated scientist on the island was an elementary school teacher named Gaston Lande. Oh. In the beginning of April 1902, the volcano was spewing clouds and smoke uh, first. Okay, this is where things get wild. Okay, Harry. Yes. Okay. So the mountain is spewing its clouds and it's doing little rumblies and mm-hmm. everybody's like, meh, 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 poop Red flags. First, they started to notice hundreds and hundreds of centipedes <gasps> coming into the town. Coming into the town? Yeah. Like from the volcano? From the mountain. Oh. And then the yellow ants followed. What? And they skittered down from the mountain in droves of thousands and attacked workers in the cane fields. What? Yeah. Then came the snakes. No. Deadly pit vipers living on the mountain all slithered their way to sea level, and they took the lives of hundreds of cattle and 50 people on their descent. Oh, my God. Yeah. So this is the fact that comes out anytime that you're researching this specific eruption was it. So many people were killed by snakes and things that happened before the volcano even erupts. Oh my gosh. It's listen to mother nature. She will send her snakes at you. (laughs) Get them boys. (laughs) On April 22nd, Lande's the school teacher Noted some small earthquakes on his seismoscope. And Cute. I just would love to know what that looked like in 1902. Uh, and the main undersea cable line to Guadalupe broke. On April 23rd, there was a large eruption with t- tremors felt throughout the north end of the island. And when people woke on April 24th, a layer of white ash co- covered everything in sight. Uh-oh. Things were quiet for about a week until people started noticing the rivers overflowing on April 28th. Oh, God. On April 30th, there were several small earthquakes that caused the wild flash floods that took the lives of several women who were washing clothes in the river. On May 1st, there was a small eruption, and, but after a bit of dust, everything seemed clear and calm once again. And the next day, there was another eruption, followed by heavy rain. Ash also fell heavily, enough that people had to light lamps to see. I just feel like this has been plenty of warning signs. This is enough for me. I'm yeah. going to go ahead and go. Yeah. Just, why are we not listening? Is it just because we didn't know? We thought she was just, like, acting up and not going to have, yeah. like. Yeah, because this kind of, not necessarily in this uh, level of badness, but the volcano had been acting up since the 1800s. Whoa. I think 1882. So it has been just kind of belching up stuff for the last hundred years. And everybody was like, okay, that's just the mountain. Isn't it cute here? (laughs) Boop, boop. That's just what it does. Yeah. Isn't it charming? Island charm. May 3rd brought more eruptions along with lightning. Hmm. Finally, Ferdinand Clerk came to his heckin' senses and started to <laughs> try to persuade people to leave uh, St. Pierre. Okay. Just after noon on May 3rd, he assembled 12 of the town's most influential people and put his case to them, and they thought he was nuts. Oh. Evacuation would just be simply out of the question. They asked, how would they do it? Where would people go? They said that it would interrupt the commerce. What? And many points of uh, to the valleys between the crater and St. Pierre and said that there was no way lava would ever reach the town. Do you know what also interrupts commerce? Volcanoes. Magma. Yeah. Magma interrupts commerce. 
Sure does. God. Okay. People dying from snakes <laughs> also <laughs> could interrupt commerce. <laughs> Why do we give such a huge shit about commerce anyway? Right. What did commerce ever do for you? Not a lot. Uh, Knight did not want to side with his opponent and told people the opposite, that they needed to stay and vote the conservatives out of power because he felt like the people on his side would be more... Reasonable. Like, yeah. In addition to this madness, the newspaper man wrote an upbeat special edition which sta- uh, stated, Yesterday, the, Saint P- the people of St. Pierre were treated to a grandiose spectacle in the majesty of the smoking volcano. Let it be known that he thought there would be no risk in the town, but they would welcome refugees from the hills. He finished by saying that they had to postpone the planned trip to the crater, but he would reschedule as soon as possible. Oh, great. At some point in early May, uh, Louis Auguste Cyprus was caught and jailed for his crimes. So he was the one that was in hiding. Mm. He was placed in a cement solitary jail cell. On May 4th, Birds fell dead out of the sky. They no. were covered in ash. No. <laughs> Horror movies. God. Finally, the governor decided to put together a committee to discuss the best solution. Evacuation did <laughs> seem impossible. There was a small road connecting the island, but it wouldn't withstand constant traffic. The closest city had a population less than half of St. Pierre. They could not hold 30,000 refugees. The committee... <laughs> This get on a boat like what they didn't have enough boats to carry 30,000 people the boats that were coming in were almost all cargo ships and there were a few scattered about tourist boats but really there wasn't enough to get everybody out and to get everybody out in time oh my god so the committee consisted of the school t- teacher, Mr. Gaston Landis, and two other professors, a chief artillery officer who could figure out how far the volcano could throw rocks. <laughs> Great. Good job, bud. <laughs> and the head pharmacist who might know about toxic risks. <laughs> the small town shit. I can't stop. Like, this is amazing. Why does this sound like a movie? Oh, my. Oh I, my gosh. The level of volcanoes within these three people was rudimentary at best. Okay. <laughs> they probably know the, uh, the same amount about volcanoes as like you or I. Yeah. If you and I were sat down in a room and be like, put down everything on paper that you knew about volcanoes, we would just be like, we should leave. Yes. It doesn't matter. Volcano, hot, people unalive. People be deceased. <laughs> people hot fire. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, the sun, that Sunday morning, the church told people to stay on the island and have faith that God would protect them. Oh, excellent. Clerk was at a loss. He had hoped that he could turn to the church and the church would back him and tell people to leave. Mm. And he was like, what is happening? <laughs> so Clerk decided to flee with his family. Sure. But when he got home, he found many of his family and friends asking to stay with him at his house because he had one of the larger houses on the island. Oh, no. So he decided to stay for all of the people that are turning to him for leadership. Ooh. On May 5th, an avalanche took out a rum factory. What? And 159 people were killed. Oh, my God. Auguste Guerin was the owner of the factory, and he saw the damage with his own eyes. He said, a black avalanche beneath white smoke, an enormous mass more than 10 meters high and 150 meters wide 
full of huge boulders, was coming down the mountain with great din. Three of those black waves came down, making the noise like thunder, and made the sea retreat. The desolation was indescribable. Where the prosperous factory, a work of a lifetime, had stood a moment before, there was now nothing left but an expanse of mud forming a black shroud for my son, my wife, and my workmen, who all died. Oh, oh. Yeah. Ooh, that, ooh, God. There's just so many things that should have alerted the people that this was not going to be good. Mm -mm. So much death before the even. Even the eruption. On also on May fifth, so the same day, the governor who was in Fort de France read a report from the committee. So the three guys that said there is nothing in the activity of Pele that warrants a departure from Saint Pierre. They concluded that the position of the craters and valley opening into the sea was such that quote the safety of Saint Pierre is absolutely assured. End quote. Mm. Shortly after reading this, he got another message saying that his city was in panic. Everybody's running around with, like, chickens with their heads cut off. No idea what to do. Sure. Hundreds of people with the money and the ability did get off the island. The ferries were leaving full, and some families chartered boats if they could afford it. But most did not want to leave their businesses and their property. May 7th came with more eruptions. The final undersea telegraph broke, which was the end of the island's communication to the outside world. The governor came back to the island and ended up having a calming effect on the people, but it was too little too late. May 8th arrived, and the town was busy setting up for a feast that evening. What? It was an Ascension Day feast for Jesus. What? And so they were like, oh my gosh, feasting, so fun. So it was early morning, and everybody was setting up. (laughs) What is that? What, me? Oh my god, feasting, so So fun! fun. (laughs) The best time we've ever had. I love to feast. I, me, (laughs) me, I love food. Okay. At 8.02 a.m., there was a loud boom, the ground shook, and a mushroom cloud filled the sky above Mount Pele. Boiling ash descended onto St. Pierre. The heat reached nearly 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Whoa. In less than 60 seconds, the entire city of St. Pierre was eradicated. The lava reached the rum storages, which all exploded. There were about 15 ships in the bay that were capsized by the waves. A few of the sailors on these ships did manage to get overboard, and they swam down to cooler water. And they came up for air briefly, and then they would swim back down, and this is how they survived. Whoa. But they nearly drowned, and they did have severe burns as well. Like the water was boiling? Yes. They uh, the. Oh, my God. People soup. Oh, back to the people soup. (laughs) (laughs) Creme de Pierre. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay. Uh, the area of descri- destruction covered an eight square mile radius. Holy macaroni. When the rescuers came, they found a scene barren of any vegetation, home, or signs of life. It was like what we know today as Pompeii. Oh people frozen in time by <sighs> volcano's ash. Some people looked calm and serene, indicating that they died without even knowing what was happening, mm-hmm. and others, though, died in anguish, their faces frozen mid-scream. It gets worse. How? On May 20th, 2,000 rescuers, engineers, and mariners were killed in a second eruption of Mount Pele. Oh my gosh. On August 30th, another 800 people were killed by a third eruption. Oh my god! Leave! Yeah. Yeah. Oh. 
I mean, your whole life is there. Yeah. Like your family, your business. Oh my God, that's devastating. Like, where do you go to start completely over? And by the time they realized how bad it was, it was two or three days before the eruption. You can't pack up your whole house in three days. Mm -mm. Especially if they don't have the resources to get people off anyway. Exactly. And they not only do they not have a place to put 30,000 refugees, but they don't have a place for 30,000 refugees plus their entire household of items. Uh, Sure. So leave. You just got to leave your shit behind and hope for the best. So in total, 30,000 people died on May 8th, which is the entire population of St. Pierre. Every Every single single person died. Oh my God. Except one. No. If you... (laughs) Hold on, I have goosebumps. (laughs) <laughs> Good old Louis Auguste Cyprus. <laughs> the guy in jail? They put him in a cement holding cell. Oh my god. And his jail cell ended up being his saving grace. He survived the blast despite having severe burns and he waited four days for rescuers who finally arrived. Oh my god. The legend is that he went on to travel with Barnum and Bailey's circus <laughs> as the lone survivor of St. Pierre. Oh. No joke. Listen, next time somebody tells you crime doesn't pay. Thank God for that holding cell. You can go visit the holding cell. It still, it still stands. That is cool. It's the only thing that That's there. is still there from <gasps> Can you like tour the site? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, very cool. Very sad. Sure. But also very cool. I'd go. Yeah. <laughs> it's history. Uh, the eruption of Mount Pele was the worst volcanic disaster in the 20th century, and the event marks the beginning of modern volcanology, and similar eruptions are called Pelean eruptions. Oh. My sources are Bad Day HQ on YouTube, History.com, DoyleGuides.com, and The Guardian. And that's the very tragic story of Mount Pele. Boy, that's a hot mess. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that disrespectful? No. Okay. <laughs> just don't know what to say to that. Yes, it is. I was waiting the whole duration of that Were story. You? Yes. You had it deep within your soul. I did. I was carrying it around in my heart and I needed to let it go. I could see it in your eyes that you were like, I have a twinkling of a joke that I'm going to say and I'm going to wait. I'm just going to sit on it until the moment seems right. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Gross. Well, thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, Ironically... I also have a natural disaster. Yes. So this, these are the scariest disasters to me. I think they're completely out of your control, and there's no getting out out of it if it's too late. It's too late. If Mother Earth is deciding that you're gonna die, you you're you, gonna die. You're gonna get unalived. Have you seen the? There is a video that shows how small we are in comparison to the universe. I hate that. <gasps> I was like, and here I am crying about <laughs> my own feelings being hurt, and I am thick on the face of a very small planet in a very small galaxy in a very small speck of the entire world that we don't even know about. You know, I find that strangely soothing. That it just doesn't really matter. That Yeah, it really takes the pressure off. Yeah. For somebody who puts so much pressure on everything. Yeah. That is a relieving thought. That you're just here for like a boop and then you're gone. And it doesn't... Just a little bleep bloop. Just a little bleep bloop and nothing really... Like, it's chill. Yeah. I can, I can get down with that. That's soothing. 
a soothing thought. Here's something not soothing. Yes, please tell me everything. So March 1st is the first day of meteorological spring. Whoop, 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 whoop. If we could maybe see some green grass by then, that would be excellent. We probably will not. I figure. The actual, like, equinox isn't until, like, the 20th through the 22nd Mm -hmm. of March. But this is when the, like, atmospheric uh, changes start to happen that, like, bring spring. Uh Which means it is the start of yet another tornado season. Yeah! So I waited almost a whole entire year to cover another tornado. Has it been that long? It was like my very first disaster. Oh my god! Is that insane? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Okay. So, but don't worry. I got two planned for this. All right. Are <laughs> we capping it at two for tornadoes per year? We are. We are. <laughs> We're capping it at two. It honestly is probably going to be my next disaster. It's all good. I have to cap myself on animal attacks. <laughs> I don't think you should. I love those. I do too. They're wild. Wild. (laughs) I really think they're the cat's meow. Oh my god. Okay, so I talked about the um, tri-state tornado, and I said it was the second highest wind speed, second highest like in dimension. Oh. So we're talking about numero uno. The big bad. The big bad. The biggest bad. She's a baddie. She. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta get off TikTok. I got it. Drippy. (laughs) Okay. During the early evening of Friday, May 31st, 2013, a very large and powerful tornado occurred over rural areas of central Oklahoma. This rain-wrapped multiple vortex tornado was the widest tornado ever recorded and was part of a larger weather system that produced dozens of tornadoes over the preceding days across the nation. This tornado initially touched down at 6.03 p.m. Central Daylight Time, about 8.3 miles west-southwest of El Reno, rapidly growing in size and becoming more violent as it tracked through central portions of Canadian County. Remaining over mostly open terrain, the tornado did not impact many structures, However, measurements from mobile weather radars revealed extreme winds up to 302 mile per hour. I can't even fathom what that is. Six cheetahs. (laughs) I think they can run like 50 miles an hour. Wait, does that math check out? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, a little. (laughs) A little. It checks out a little bit. It's a little math. More or less one cheetah. He did the speed of one cheetah times six. It's like us trying to figure out football fields. And threw it into a tornado. <laughs> a cheetonado. A chinado. <laughs> you can't spot it coming. <laughs> no. You can't run fast enough. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Okay. <clears throat> uh, these are the highest observed wind speeds on Earth, ahead of even the 1999 Bridge Creek Moore tornado, wink, winkity, wink, wink. Ooh, next up, with a sl- with um just slightly higher wind speeds. As it crossed U.S. Highway 81, it had grown to a record-breaking width of 2.6 miles. What across? You couldn't even see it. That is correct. 
you could not see the tornado because it took up your entire field of vision. No. Uh -uh. No. Yeah. Oh, it's yes. And it's coming. I'm going to have nightmares, Jenny. I'm so sorry. It's fine. I'm so sorry. I had to text Jenny the other day, or what was it, a couple of months ago, because I could not figure out if I dreamt this tornado system or if she told it to me. (laughs) But I had such a good visualization of it. Visualization. That's it. Visualization. Visualization. I can't talk today. Yeah, that's how much tornadoes get in my head mm-hmm. i they, don't feel fear i just feel heightened anxiety it's the chaos yeah yeah uh, continue mm. so turning northeastward, the tornado soon weakened a little bit upon crossing the inner upon crossing interstate 40 the tornado dissipated around 6 43 p.m after tracking for 16.2 miles that's a long way it's a it's pretty long is it not long for a tornado it is it's long for a tornado of this size because most of the time if they get that big they burn themselves out quickly oh okay so but like the tri-state tornado didn't that's traveled for like 200 miles tri-states if i remember correctly yeah tri-states in fact (laughs) aptly named (laughs) um it avoided affecting the more densely populated areas near and within the Oklahoma City metropolitan area, which is a blessing. Um, however, the tornado killed four storm chasers. Oh, my gosh. The first known deaths in the, his- in the history of storm chasing. Although the tornado remained over mostly open terrain, dozens of storm chasers, unaware of its immense size and erratic movement, were caught off guard near Highway 81. Discovery Channel storm... T- Discovery Channel storm chaser Tim Samaras, an engineer, his son, Paul, who was a photographer, and Tim's longtime chase partner, Carl Young, who was a meteorologist. They were all professional storm chasers with the Twistex project. They were caught directly by the tornado. Normally, Tim drove a reinforced three-quarter ton truck optimized for hail protection and stability in high winds. However, on May 31st, Carl was driving in an unmodified Chevy Cobalt. No, what are you doing? It was a subcompact vehicle with three 45-pound barometric probes in the trunk, making it much less situated to high winds uh, and rain-slicked backcountry dirt roads that you track tornadoes down. I will have to picture him as Bill Paxton. Feel free. Oh, God, he's so fine. God did. God took his time on yeah. on Bill Bill Paxson. Um, uh, the Cobalt was also underpowered, which hampered their escape in the strong inflow winds. They were the first known tornado-related deaths of either recreational storm chasers or scientific researchers. Um, Paul and Carl were ejected from the Cobalt by the storm subvortex while Tim was still buckled in the passenger seat. Local resident Richard Henderson, who decided to follow the storm, lost his life in the same area. He snapped a picture of the tornado from his cellular phone before the tornado oh struck him. Oh, my gosh. Well, did they find his phone? I'm sure they found his phone or else mm. we wouldn't know about that. Never mind. I'm stupid. Yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. Like, I like, talked myself it. into it and then I talked myself out of it real fast. <laughs> like a tornado. That was a... Uh, wow. I'm going to... Wow. Job. That was amazing. <laughs> Thanks. Mike Betts, um, a meteorologist for the Weather Channel, was also caught in the storm. 
His sport utility vehicle was severely damaged and was thrown about 200 yards. Oh my gosh. Two football fields, if I'm not mistaken. We're going to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not going to fight that math. That's too nope. many zeros to fight. I th- just, just roll with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the driver of the vehicle was left with a broken neck, fractured vertebrae, and several broken ribs, while Mike and the other passengers sustained only minor injuries. Bummer. The car was thrown two football fields, so. You would think that there would be a lot more damage than that, but I'm glad that they survived. Me, what were they in? Um, they were in a sport utility vehicle. Okay. So. It's better than a Chevy Cobalt. Well, it was something modded to deal with the storm. Hmm. Or high winds. Meteorologist Emily Sutton and storm chaser Kevin Josephy of Oklahoma City NBC affiliate KFOR-TV Channel 4 were also caught in the path of the storm. Their vehicle was damaged by debris hurled by the tornado. University of Oklahoma student Billy Prater, along with his father and a friend, sought refuge under an overpass, which is an action strongly discouraged in these situations. Right. I think that was something we were taught as children. Like, that's where you should hide. It will, like, the crosswinds Mm -hmm. will rip your skin from your bones. Right. Why were we taught that, though? I don't, uh, probably, I I really don't know. Probably before we really understood, because a lot of the knowledge that we know about tornadoes are recent. Okay. So, uh, recent. I mean, I'm thinking I probably heard that in like 97. The, what they knew <laughs> in the 90s. Yeah. Well, we didn't have like the same tools to like measure pressure and rotation and really understand why and how tornadoes work. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, Twister was made in 97. So mm-hmm. that's our imitating life. And their whole thing was that the was science on tornadoes. So that had to have been recent in mm-hmm. order for them to kind of be inspired to make that movie. Well, Dorothy was based on, um, which is like the, it was based on Toto, which is an actual piece of equipment right. that they put into a tornado to first get those readings. Okay. It is um, fact adjacent. I love If you that. will. Fiction inspired by nonfiction. Um. The Hood of Reed Timmer. Oh, I love Reed Timmer. Do you follow him? No. Oh, my gosh. He's amazing. He chases year-round. He chases blizzards. He chases, like, the most beautiful sunsets. He chases... Oh, my gosh. He's amazing. Where can you follow him? You can follow him on Facebook or Instagram. He goes live on Facebook, like, three times a day, depending on what part. And he travels all around the nation. Oh, my gosh. Cool. He's amazing. I love him. Um, The hood of his Dominator 2, a vehicle designed for intercepting tornadoes, was torn off. Storm chaser Dan Robinson received injuries after being involved within the outskirts of the tornadic circulation. He escaped only a few hundred meters ahead of where the Twistex crew um, and is believed to be the last person to see uh, Tim, Paul, and Carl alive. Oh, my gosh. That's horrible. It is absolutely devastating. Um, the tort and they were such like, I don't know if you watched them. Like, I was huge fans of them. They had a TV show. Okay. And then they passed in the El Reno wow. tornado when they were, like, really, really popular. And I followed them. Oh I cried. Oh, my gosh. I did not. I, did, I don't know anything about that. It was, it was a big thing. Um, anyway, overall, the tornado was responsible for eight fatalities and 151 injuries. Oh, my gosh. Due to the ferocity and sheer size, as well as its regular movement and the deaths linked with this tornado, it has become one of the most studied and infa- infamous tornadoes ever. The National Weather Service refers to the tornado as, quote, the most dangerous tornado in storm-observing history. Wow. 
Alongside rush hour traffic, thousands of residents in Oklahoma City attempted to outrun the storm by taking to the roads in an attempt to drive out of the tornado's projected path. But it's going 300 miles an hour? It, the winds. Oh, the winds were going 300 mm-hmm. miles an hour. Okay. So, and it went, I'll, I'll get into like, Sorry. it's forward move. It, you're okay. I'm just interrupting left, right, and center. Please do. I have the answers <laughs> Good. for once. I'm really glad. <laughs> Um, by attempting to escape the storm by vehicle in direct contrast to the recommended plan of action, shelter in place. Uh-huh. Don't, don't stay try to, where you be. Stay where you be because you don't know where a tornado is going to go. And that helps people find you. Correct. It's like when you get lost in the woods, like stay where you are. Yeah. Um, residents put themselves at great risk from the storm and had the tornado maintained itself and passed over the congested freeways, more than 500 lives could have been lost. So normally tornadoes have a pretty, like they'll like zigzag around a little bit, but they mostly maintain on like one straight path. path. This tornado did not do that. Okay. The tornado's unusual behavior consisted of simultaneous occurrences, abrupt changes in direction, rapid enlargement to the width of 2.6 miles in diameter within 30 seconds. So it went from... A funnel cloud on the ground uh-huh. to 2.6 miles across in 30 seconds. I mean, it's almost like a Derek, like it dropped. That's, I can't. It's history making. There has never been a storm like this. It just exploded. It yes. Was like, the amount of pressure in this storm system is. <laughs> Sweaty. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um. Swift increase in the forward motion. So it immediately jumped from 20 miles per hour forward motion to 55 miles per hour forward motion. So like you would have a hard time at running it, especially by the sheer size of this. And it was a multiple vortices tornado. So that means like you have the tornado. Huh. It, imagine I'm holding a beach ball. Okay. This is a tornado. Yeah. Within the tornado, there are any number of smaller <gasps> no! vortices inside of the tornado. Mm-hmm. No! That gives me the heebie-jeebies. I do not like it. It reminds me like of a spider with eggs on its back. And you yes. smash it and there's more spiders. Yeah. Oh, yes. That is a fantastic way to phrase it. It's like <laughs> it's like a bunch of octopuses stuck together, which is like tentacles. Like blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Nothing good. Nothing good came from this. Yeah. <sighs> um... So uh, within a few minutes, multiple vortices within and around in an expansive translucent outer circulation without a full condensation funnel while being surrounded and obscured by precipitation made it a worst case scenario for storm chasers. So what that means is um, just in my brain, everybody knows what like the really pretty conical tornadoes look like, Yeah. right? At the bottom of the cone, you can see the dust Mm -hmm. and there's like a cloud, right? So this tornado was so wide, like a wedge. Yeah. And on the outskirts of the tornado, they have the wind that is rotating like this, like a fan. Okay. And you can see that. Yeah. Because, so you can see where the edges of the wind and the tornado are. This tornado did not have that. They were translucent. (laughs) So like, even if you could see the side of the tornado, which you couldn't, you couldn't tell that you were actually inside of the tornado because it was rain wrapped and translucent. So I like have full body goosebumps. I'm uncomfortable. It, it was 
Are there pictures of it? I mean, it was 2013 there. Gotta be. Oh, yes. Hold on. Pause. Play, like, soothing rain sounds. Okay. Just so I can show you this in the moment. That's what the tornado looked like. That just looks like a rain cloud. Like, that just looks like rain. Yeah. No. I mean, it looks. I mean, it looks like... This whole section right here is the tornado. It just looks like... A rain cloud. Yeah. On its side. <laughs> just like... Floop. Yeah. It's... Well, it was so freaking big and you couldn't see it. So like when they say- And it's, it's a, like bulgy. It does, it's not like what you said, like pretty. It's just- It's what they call like wedge, but it was even so big you couldn't even see the wedge shape. And like they could only see that it was so big and like that was included in the tornado was because it was radar indicated. <sighs> what is this so, called? The, the, the L Reno tornado. So this is what, when I say that it was multiple vortices, that's what this means. See how there's like- Yeah. Yeah. Yucky stuff, man. Yeah, no thank you. Several professional and amateur chasers were caught off guard and impacted by the tornado. Many were located in a region northeast of the tornado, which is known as the Bear's Cage for those who chase. Chasers can generally get a clear view of the tornado from that area. However, it places them at great risk with little time to react should the storm take a left turn. In the case of El Reno, the wrapping rain bands did not lead to a narrow corridor of clear air close to the tornado. Rather, these rotating curtains of rain were the outer circulation of the tornado itself. So, like, the rain that surrounds the tornado, mm-hmm. that they, when we say a tornado was rain-wrapped, the rain itself became part of the tornado, like the rain wrapping. Oh, Okay. A Doppler on wheels-based analysis of how the tornado impacted these teams revealed that they were hit by an intense internal sub-vortex. This analysis showed that both the Weather Channel and TwistX vehicles entered the tornado through the less intense north-northwestern side, then were impacted by the internal sub-vortex, which contained radar-indicated winds approaching 200 miles per hour and was moving in a complex quasi-trochioidal pattern. I, 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 even I. (laughs) cannot explain that pattern um sometimes it would go from sometimes nearly stationary so like it would plant Uh uh-huh and then it would zoom with forward speeds over 100 miles per hour somewhere else in a totally different direction like instead of like taking like a j shape or just like a straight line somewhere on drugs yes but it's not like it would pick up and drop back down it would just hold still and then 100 miles per hour over this way. So there's just no predicting where it was going to go. Correct. <sighs> Impossible to predict. And these are like the best of the best yeah. tornado chasers. I can't imagine being the best in your industry or best in your field and looking at something and saying, I have no idea what's going to happen next. Right. And I don't know who's going to die because I don't know what's going to happen next. Mm-mm. Well, and none of them were like really anticipating on that anyway. It was so unpredictable that they couldn't have even known what they were getting themselves into. Right, cuz if they did, these 
they like wouldn't have, masters of the industry or would never have gone. No, like they'll push the boundaries, but they're not going to willingly put themselves. They're not suicidal. No. Wow. All in the name of research to like save others. Oh, it's, oh my you're god! Gonna, am I going to cry about you're it? You're going to get cry about it. I'm going to shove the emotions down. Whoop. Entering the larger tornadic circulation without the ability to maintain situal awareness of the internal subvortex was likely a key contributing factor to the deaths and injuries. Since the tornado remained over mostly open terrain, damage was relatively light, although still significant in isolated locations in comparison to its extreme intensity. Surveys from the National Weather Service revealed that structures in its path sustained um, EF3 level damage. In the Oklahoma City West Livestock Market was described as a war zone. Oh, my gosh. Sustaining extensive damage. Several large steel frame warehouse type buildings were destroyed at that location. Multiple large brick buildings at the nearby Canadian Valley Technology Center were heavily damaged or entirely desecrated. In a large metal wind turbine prop blade, you know how big those suckers are? Yep. Was thrown 100 yards into <gasps> the side of a daycare building. Oh, that symbolism is... Swing. Ugh. Swing and My a miss. Heart. Damage totals at that location alone were estimated to be up to forty million. One farm said consisting of a large barn, a cattle barn, three machine <gasps> sheds, granaries, and the owner's home were completely destroyed. Several other rural homes were destroyed, and large amounts of gravel was blown off of gravel roads in the area. With only the dirt underneath left at some locations, Ooh, like gravel is now a projectile. You about to die. This is like when you see photos of like shards of wood through concrete that is this storm like people don't understand that like when it is so forceful that the it rips the grass out of the ground and Mm -hmm. strips tree bark it's in it's insane at least 29 buildings and 40 vehicles were damaged or destroyed by the tornado repairs in the el reno area were expected to take at least 12 months wow In the wake of the storm chaser's deaths, Kansas Emergency Management Association President Brian Stone called for there to be regulations put on future storm chasing. However, he stated that there are questions as to how it would actually be implemented. AccuWeather Senior Vice President Mike Smith urged against overreacting to their deaths, citing that they were the first chasers to be killed in 40 years of the practice and that chasing as a whole is a significant source of real-time and research information. On June 2nd, dozens of members of the storm chasing and spotting communities coordinated a tribute to Tim, Paul, and Carl. Using GPS transponders over spotter network, they aligned themselves to spell out the initials of the three men in North Dakota, South Dakota, and Nebraska for many hours. I'm fine. The Discovery Channel scheduled a special tribute episode of Storm Chasers titled Mile Wide Tornado, the Oklahoma Disaster on June 5th, both honoring the three chasers and covering the events of the EF5 rated tornado that struck more in portions of southern Oklahoma City 11 days earlier on May 20th. The November 2013 issue of National Geographic for its featured cover story paid tribute to Tim as National Geographic Explorer, funded in part by the Society and featured a detailed scientific analysis of the tornado itself. Wow. And that oh is the very sad story of the most powerful tornado ever recorded. Holy God. Mm-hmm. That's insanity. There is a video. And when this comes out, like, send me a text and I will link it. Okay. But it is a comparison video of the sizes of tornadoes. Oh, okay. From, like, just, like, your average. Run of the mill. 
Yeah, all the way up to, like, there was a really gigantic tornado in India a while back that was, like, really deadly, all the way up to the El Reno tornado. And, like, the size, it's like when you look at you versus, like, the sun, how you can't even see the smallest tornado in freaking sanity. Good God. What? Wow. Good job. That was really fascinating. Thanks. I get, I nerd out about weather, so I get nervous about doing it. But if you guys like tornado stories, just you stay tuned. There will be more. There will be more tornado stories. There's going to be more tornadoes. Yeah. I should tell the story of the tornado that we had here in August. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) One of the very few times we've had to postpone recording. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, Taylor, there's a tornado on the ground. I've got to go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um... Well, I have a couple of things. Oh, okay. An announcement. Oh my gosh. Some housekeeping. Some housekeeping. It's our first housekeeping. I love it. I love <gasps> it so much. Um, so everybody knows we now have merch. <gasps> and we have a website. And you can find us at a littlebitgrim.com. Click on the sweater or the action buttons if you want to shop our merch. Get some ALBG swag for yourself. Yes. And then let us know what you'd like to see. If you have like a, a specific um, uh, graphic that you like. Do or you have a favorite like quote? Yeah. Favorite quote. We can put that on a sweatshirt for you. Heck yeah. Let us know. Like if you guys shop the merch and you're like, none of this is like really blowing my whistle. You just send us a little direct message on our website, which you can do now. We will figure it out. Let us know. We're here for you. We yes. don't do this for ourselves. Yeah, so that's super exciting. And uh, I mentioned it on the Facebook page a couple of days ago, but we are now featured on Crime Door. Yes, and we are. If you don't have the Crime Door app, you have to get it. If you are one of those who really likes our true crime stories, you will love this app. I love Crime Door and I spend too much time on there during my work day. Me too. So you can actually get online on the app and click on a case that you're interested in. And not only will it link the uh, news footage, the interviews, newspaper articles, podcasts, which is where we are. But you can actually see some of the crime, crime scene, scene photos, photos and like walk through. The it's crime like Google scene. Maps for yeah. the crime scene. It's insane. Jean Benet Ramsey is on there. Oh my god! I was hyperventilating walking through that crime scene because it is unsettling and just at. I don't think it needs a trigger warning because if you're going onto this app, like, just be prepared. But it is very much like Graphic. this is the crime scene. The- and they don't, they blur out some things, but it, it is what it is. What it is. And it is what the investigators saw. It's the pictures they took. But we are really excited to partner with them and have our episodes on their app. So, so go check them out. Definitely worth your while. Send us your ooky spooky stories. Give us the heaps for once. We would love to read them on a grab bag. Yes, I have one more thing. Oh my gosh. Okay. There's a card in front of you. Oh. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, happy. I didn't get you that one. Yep. Just open it. (laughs) 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 So I wanted to shout out Murdered by Design as well for these amazing valentine's day cards oh my gosh we'll post a picture on the instagram i bought an entire pack i bought 15 of them and they are the best things i've ever seen in my whole life i 
am in love with them. So they're fantastic. Happy Valentine's Day. <gasps> happy Valentine's Day to you. Thank you so much. You are welcome. It's going to be nice. after Valentine's Day by the time this is posted, but we are a day before Valentine's Day, two days. Now. Time's not real. So. Nothing matters. Exactly. Love it so much. Uh, so yeah, send us your ooky spooky stories. And uh, that is, do you have a, do you have a, uh, what's the thing? The bright and shiny? Bright and shiny. Um, my bright and shiny, I will say, um, I have finished 12 seasons of Criminal Minds. <gasps> I'm so proud of you. Thank you. That's the most seasons you've ever finished of anything in a long time. Period. 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 I, I can't, like, I've, I've watched Dexter through, like, three or four times. Okay. But, like, that's quick. And that's, like, this, there were some, I, I had a little bit of an emotional toll. I fell in love with Jason Gideon. He was ripped from me too soon. Yes. Penelope was trying to quit. Listen, it got, I'm a, I'm a criminal minds kind of gal now. Yes. No going back. I love that for you. Fully enveloped in the fandoms. I'm so excited. Thank you. What's yours? What's yours? Uh, I was really, really excited about my Valentine's Day cards. It's so cute. They are my bright and shiny. I love them so much. They are little horror characters, but they're caricatures of the characters. It's like a really artsy watercolor. Mine is Jason and it says, you slay my heart. I never want to be a part. I sent uh, the scream one and it said, I just wanted to call and say oh my God. Valentine's Day to a friend of mine from work because he is also obsessed with the cre- scream movies like I am. So, uh, but they're so cute. I shared uh, them in the story a couple of weeks ago, but uh, we'll link them again in the show notes. Super, super cute. That's so. my, that's my bright and shiny. They're so cute. And they, this was not a promotion or swap or of any kind i just love them really really a lot they're adorable <laughs> yeah. keep it on the keep it on the list for next v day yeah we will so follow us on the social meds thank you so much for listening yes and be kind to yourself and to others goodbye, goodbye.